Day number 83. 83. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Look, there's, there's obviously been a lot of news this week. We have not spent enough time uh, going over this indictment that took place earlier this week. Now, well, it's been a long time in coming as it relates to the Russia hoax, the big lie, the three long years of Donald Trump colluded with Russia. Um, no, none of that ever happened. Anyway, and culminating this week with the arrest and charging of Igor Danchenko. And it is what, what, what's so interesting about this is the media, the mob. Imagine if it was any Democratic president candidate that where you have the Republicans paying off. Uh, let's see, a law firm funneling money to them that hire a an op research firm that hire a former MI6 guy and the guy that is the subsource for all things dirty Russian dossier of remember the exact thing they're accusing Donald Trump of and then using this unverifiable now totally debunked dossier as a means of spying on a presidential candidate his transition team, and a presidency. Now, so the federal agents arrested this week, the primary what we call subsource. We know now that the FBI knew at the latest, and this is being charitable, in January of 2017, oh, that this was all bunk. They knew it. In other words, but yet they kept perpetrating this lie and hoax on the American people. Now the question is, who knew what and who knew what went? Now, if you go back, the CIA actually knew in July that this was a false Clinton narrative and they did nothing to stop it. Bruce Orr in August of 2016 said, don't trust the dossier. His wife, Nellie, working for Fusion GPS. Um, Danchenko attempted to plead not guilty, released without electronic monitor, uh, but charged with lying to the FBI about information in the dossier. Uh, we bring in our panel, people that know this case backwards and, and forwards. Greg Jarrett, of course, he has two number one best-selling books on this very topic. Uh, Scott Yulinger is with us, retired CIA ops officer, Russian intel operations expert. John Solomon, editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com. Why don't we start with the news portion of this uh, and start with you, John. Yeah, listen, the indictment lays out five <clears throat> extraordinary lies that Danchenko uh, made to the FBI that concealed where he got his information and where he didn't get his information from. And one of those is a PR executive that is directly tied into the Clinton family, into the Clinton ecosphere. This is a new player. His lawyer has confirmed his name is Charles Dolan, served in the Clinton Bill Clinton administration, was uh, a paid uh, advisor to the 2008 Hillary Clinton campaign and an unpaid in 2016. So now you got yet another Clinton person in the middle of the creation of this dossier and its allegations. But we went a little further than that today. We took a look at five civil affidavits that have been filed in a companion case against Danchenko. In all five, the five Russians who are identified as the subsources in the dossier, each one of those five people said Danchenko made it up. I didn't tell him that. I wasn't the source. It is fabricated. So that's how bad this uh, Russian dossier is. It was a fabrication at every level, from the very ground level to the very top of the FBI. It's really unbelievable. Now, do you have any idea where you see this going based on the actions of Durham, John? Listen, there's a very important person that shows up for the first time in this indictment, and that is Fiona Hill. You may remember her as one of the mm -hmm. impeachment witnesses against President Trump. She is like the Forrest Gump of this story. She shows up in 2011, connects Christopher Steele, 
to Danchenko, who then becomes you know the primary source. And then in 2016, she connects Danchenko to the PR executive Dolan. She is like the networker that helps create all the people that ultimately come together to bring this uh, bogus dossier to the American public. I mean, as extremely well said, uh, Greg Jarrett, I read your column, the arrest of this guy behind the dossier, underscoring the many lies of this hoax. And and you know every detail of it. What's your take on it? What's so remarkable is this confirms uh, what you and I have talked about for years. This was all manipulated by Hillary Clinton and her cronies, uh, or as the Russians would say, her comrades. Uh, you know, it was the odious invention of, of Hillary, um, but... You know, it was a crony identified as PR executive number one. We now know to be, as as John pointed out, Charles Dolan. Um, Dolan is a guy who, in June of 2016, travels to Moscow and stays at and visits uh, the presidential suite in the Ritz-Carlton Hotel where uh, the alleged P-tape reported lewd acts occurred. And according to the indictment, he's told by the manager and staff that, you know, nothing happened there uh, with Trump. So then he meets with Denchenko in Moscow at the hotel. Denchenko travels to London immediately and meets with Christopher Steele. Three days later, the P-tape emerges in the phony dossier. So I do think that uh, Dolan may be key to this. It'll be interesting what more he may have to say as the prosecution against Danchenko proceeds. And let's get your take. Scott Eulinger is a retired CIA ops officer. Um, the CIA knew in July, correct me if I'm wrong, of 2016 right. that all this was happening. You know a lot of these players. Everybody knew that this was a lie. At what point, as the country's being drawn into this this whirlwind of of three four years of a phony collusion narrative at what point did the cia have a responsibility to tell the world the truth tell the american people the truth well i think that 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 would have occurred almost at the at the beginning of this and in fact Everything that uh, the panel is talking about is absolutely damning on, on all of our national security institutions, particularly the CIA and the FBI. I mean, Russiagate was never about Russia, and I speak about that as an intelligence expert. You know, targeting Trump served to protect Hillary Clinton and Obama, Biden, McCabe, Brennan, Comey, Schiff, etc., and their co-conspirators in the Obama administration from prosecution. They were doing this that when it was illegal. Trump unexpectedly won. And then they had to continue with the charade to avoid prosecution. But in doing so, did incredible damage to U.S. national security. You can imagine what Putin's reaction to all of this behind the scenes must be as he's watched America turn to tie itself into knots. And, and also particularly damning is Fiona Hill, who was appointed by Trump or attained in the National Security Council, all the time conspiring against him. You know, absolutely damning on our institution. Are you, I, I want to get a little deeper into your minds. John, you've been more confident than I have been. And I would I think I speak for Greg Jarrett as well. We've been very frustrated. The, the fact that the low hanging fruit in Michael Horowitz's uh, report, the inspector general report, uh, was never followed up on, including referrals for the for the very things that, for example, they charged Roger Stone with, which was what lying to Congress. 
process crimes that resulted in 30 guys, guns drawn, pre-dawn raid, fake news CNN cameras. None of that happened to any of the people that Horowitz referred. Um, and, you know, after a period of time, you begin to think uh, we don't have equal justice or application of our laws and that there's a dual justice system. That, that, that's what I now conclude after watching this mess for this amount of time. Yeah, listen, I, the only thing I can tell you as a reporter is that there is clear activity. And I think I've been proven true on this clear activity in the grand jury going on <clears throat> that uh, uh, John Durham is not done building criminal cases. I still see activity and some of it is focused on the FBI. The last couple of indictments have been in the dirty trick that Hillary Clinton's campaign pulled out. But I see the evidence of activity that there are looking at some senior and mid-level FBI officials for possible criminal activity in this. And, you know, the American public at the end of the day is going to have one question. And neither answer is going to be a good answer for us. Either the FBI was so incompetent that they couldn't figure out that Danchenko was defrauding them and this was a Russian intelligence op, or they were complicit. Neither one of those are good for the future of the country. But it looks like... John Durham is looking at that possibility of some complicity, some criminality. Whether he gets the evidence to secure indictment remains open. Do we ever get to Hillary Clinton? Do we ever get to James Comey? Do we ever get to McCabe, Page, Strzok, uh, uh, any of these people, uh, Greg Jarrett? Well, they should. I mean, coming in the FBI and all the people you identified knew early on that this was all phony. They misappropriated the dossier as a pretext for four successive warrants to spy on a Trump campaign associate, Carter Page. They uh, deceived the FISA court. They lied to the judges. That's fraud. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that you can be criminally prosecuted for lying to the FBI, but when the FBI lies to the FISA court, it seems to be okay. It's not okay. And your take, Scott? Yeah, it's absolutely, everything my colleague is saying is absolutely true. But it also points out, this isn't just a leadership problem in these institutions. And I say that as a 20-year veteran of the CIA. The rot is very deep, almost entirely throughout these organizations. There are personnel either abetting corruption or, more numerous, a tyrannized majority who fear that whistleblowing or criticism will be the end of their careers. And that's why you've had no whistleblowers coming forward in the last three years about all of this. And, and that's, that's the sad state of these institutions, which are supposed to be protecting us. You know, it's just so sad to me that all of this could happen. And then there's a collective yawn. Uh, I know JustTheNews.com, you're the editor-in-chief, John Solomon. It's, it's doing gangbusters. FoxNews.com is doing gangbusters. Anybody that, that tells the truth or provides news and information that the mob and the media won't provide is doing very well. But they have allowed and, and they've enabled and they have basically, you know, it, it, uh, they would never do this if it was a Republican sabotaging a Democrat. They've covered up the whole way. They're complicit and they're responsible for all these lies for years. And nobody says, I'm sorry, we need to correct the record. Oh, yeah. Listen, uh, is that, you're 100 percent right. And I think what Scott said is so true. I know of people that are in the FBI and the CIA that know things that could reflect on a large group of people acting badly. They don't want to ruin their career. They don't want to get crushed by this. They see um, a guy like um, uh, Andrew McCabe gets his job back and gets his retirement back despite engaging in such misconduct. And they're like, it's not worth the risk. I think Scott's onto something. There are patriots inside these agencies that know more than what has, that went on in this case that can't come forward 
because it's a dead end for the career. Quick break. We'll come back. News you won't get from the anywhere else in the media mob, and that is the latest on what John Durham is doing. Uh, we'll get to your calls also coming up. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Listen, American history, civics education, look at where we are. It's at a turning point. Now, are we going to allow the bureaucrats and lobbyists to choose what school kids are taught, or are we going to choose to teach children the whole truth? All right, as we continue with Greg Jarrett, Scott Eulinger, and John Solomon discussing this latest Durham indictment. What do you think, Scott? You're, you've been inside these the agencies. I happen to know, and, I, and the reason I always go out of my way to talk about the 99% FBI and Intel community, because we have really good people that risk their lives every day to protect us. And this is the elite few that abuse power and that i believe were corrupt but we have not heard from those quote insider whistleblowers do you think that that they are there that's right but it is no longer the 99 percent that are doing their jobs it's a much lower percentage at this point i believe you know because we've had uh eight years of obama administration a brief respite of trump and basically the intelligence services and law enforcement have been able to staff and promote people of their similar viewpoints. And that's why you have a Justice Department that does nothing with widespread illegality, because these people are all handpicked and promoted up, whereas other people, perhaps more conservative individuals, are either shunted aside or are afraid to report the irregularities and illegalities they see because they're afraid uh, that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be fired. And that's and that's the sad state of our institutions in the United States right now. Yeah, I'll give you the last word, uh, Greg Jarrett. Well, it's a crime to knowingly provide false information to the FBI. And that's what Hillary Clinton did. As we know from declassified documents, she approved the plan, but she was very careful to keep her dirty fingerprints off of it by utilizing conduit she set up an information laundering scheme her campaign hires a law firm who hires fusion gps who hires uh, christopher Steele, who hires danchenko who then uses dolan and others for the phony information with, with so many people separate from hillary clinton it's very hard to bring a case against her although obviously she invented and financed and ordered the dissemination of the Russia hoax. It really is one of the saddest chapters in American history. And the worst part of this is it seems as of today that they've gotten away with it. And all that will do, the net result of that will be it. They're all emboldened. And that means they, they will feel a certain that they will feel they're invincible, that they can do anything they want, any way they want. And they're not going to be held accountable. And that is the equivalent of literally shredding our Constitution, because this is as bad as it gets. And so far, they've mostly gotten away with it. Anyway, great uh, analysis. Greg Jarrett, Scott Eulinger, thank you. John Solomon, thank you. 800-941-SEAN, our number. When we come back, we're going to hit the phones on this Friday. Uh, we got a great Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. I want to go back to something I played earlier in the program, if you missed it. Maybe you just got in your car, you're heading on the way home. Um, 
because we've gone over how out of touch this administration is with people. Well, if you want Christmas gifts and you don't want to disappoint your children uh, and have Santa disappoint them, you probably need to, to order your Christmas gifts now so it might arrive on time. That's not the answer. Well, you're not going to be able to get 15 colors, but you should be able to get one. It's just like Jimmy Carter. It's like, turn down your thermostat, put on a sweater. And it's that type of mentality. Or it's the American people's fault, as, you know, circle back Jen Psaki said. Uh, it's that they've caused, their consumption is causing these supply chain problems. What? No, we, we never had these problems before. We don't have to pay this high price for energy because we had energy independence. You know, everyone's scratching their head. What can we do about Joe Biden? I'll tell you what Joe Biden can do. He can go back to the Trump policies that worked on the border. He can go save those Americans he abandoned in Afghanistan. He can now, instead of begging OPEC for the 50th time, maybe he can talk to Texas Governor Abbott, talk to the governor of Oklahoma, North Dakota, Alaska, and and get our own uh, energy available and back in the pipeline that they took away you know more out of touchness jennifer Gramholm, the department of uh, energy secretary predicting uh gas prices at 305 at the beginning of december okay she's full of crap we are we all see every time we fill up our gas tanks we're seeing how much more we're paying 20 25 30 bucks more wait till this winter it's gotten over there predicting as high as a thousand dollars more to heat your home from last year. Uh, look at this Thanksgiving. It's going to be the most expensive Thanksgiving dinner in history. You know, price. We, we, we actually figured out how to drive prices down. But of course, when you raise the price of energy, the lifeblood of our economy, every single thing you buy now costs more. And who's it hurting? Well, it hurts everybody. Who's hurt the most? The poor and the middle class. The people that they claim, Democrats claim, have a, a monopoly of compassion for. Now, I, I nearly lost it today when Granholm burst out laughing when asked for the plan to increase oil production. Remember, Joe goes to, goes on this to Glasgow, falls asleep, needs to be woken up by an aide, then apologizes to the world for Donald Trump's uh, pulling out of the Paris Accords, which classifies China and India as developing nations, and we pay the the massive amounts of money, and they pay next to nothing. Uh, then the same Joe Biden is begging OPEC again. They've already turned them down, and uh, they're not going to go to the levels that Joe Biden wants. And instead of begging OPEC, why don't we beg Texas? And Oklahoma and Alaska, because you don't even have to beg them. All you have to do is take your foot off their neck and let them do their job and bring back high paying career jobs in the energy sector. And everybody's going to benefit. And then we don't have to worry about what happens in the Middle East anymore. We won't have to worry about the Straits of Hormuz anymore. And we'll all be paying less for everything that we buy. And it's less to fill up our tanks and less to heat and cool our home. It's not complicated. But she thinks this is funny. I don't know why she thinks it's funny, because there's nothing funny about it. Listen. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> that is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this. As you know, of course, uh, oil is a global market. It is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC. And they made a decision yesterday that they were not going to increase beyond what they were already planning. Okay. Now, the problem with her analysis is that Joe Biden and her and these new Green Deal radical socialists, they themselves, through their policies, have artificially reduced the supply of energy because we were energy independent. Donald Trump, his last year in office, especially his last months, he didn't import a single barrel of oil, not one. We were a net exporter of oil from Saudi Arabia, for example. He wasn't begging Russia and Putin to produce more oil or OPEC to produce more oil. <laughs> a cartel. No, you guys did this. You caused this. You you abandoned the policies of energy independence, and we're all paying for your mistake here. I I, I, I what's so funny about that? It's killing the middle class and poor Americans. It is hurting every single American family, period. Anyway, we have uh, John in North Carolina. John, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you? How are you doing, Sean? I'm good. Uh, The reason I'm calling is because the vaccine mandate that OSHA has uh, just announced is going to be coming to effect in a month and a half or so. Yes. Um. That's not going to be very good for the economy, for um, specifically truck drivers. A lot of us don't want the vaccine. Um, And if you don't want the vaccine, they're saying you can be tested once a week. Well, that's also going to be kind of a problem, seeing as a lot of us go out for two, three weeks at a time. How are you supposed to Well, my understanding is this only impacts companies that have 100 or more employees, I guess that might mean that you would have the ability to work for a company with less than 100 employees. Is that a possibility? Uh, initially, but they also just the other day uh, said that they were considering um, extending the mandate to companies with less than 100 employees. Well, I'm well not sure. They, they, remember, these are the same people that said they'd never mandate a vaccine, right? These are the same people that have been wrong the whole time. Not just wrong, Sean. They've been lying to us the entire time. I'm sure you know that. In fact, I pretty much learned it from you and Rush. Well, they've they've lied to us repeatedly. You know, I said this, and apparently it got a lot of pickup. I said vaccine hesitancy. You want to know where it really came from? It came from them. It came from Fauci. It came from Biden. It came from Kamala. It came from the uh, the NIH. It came from the CDC. They're the ones that keep moving the bar changing the rules. They're the ones that say one thing one week, another thing another week. These are the people that were wrong the entire time. You know, and then it's no mask. Masks aren't going to do anything, Fauci says. Then it's one mask. Then it's two masks. Then it's maybe masks in perpetuity. Then it's vax or mask. Then it's vax uh, mask and booster and then booster again. Uh, Nobody believes these people anymore. They created that hesitancy by their mixed messaging, and by being wrong so often. And people do not trust them anymore. And they have caused that distrust. They've earned it. And, you know, I agree 100%. You know, and, and this latest thing, you know, you got this city out in San Francisco that they're going to 
uh, no kid can go in any store between the ages of five and eleven unless they've been vaccinated. By the way, you don't you, you don't need voter ID, but you're going to have five year olds carrying, I guess, a vaccination card with them. I mean, uh, it's madness. Does that mean they're going to have to have a uh, a staff member actually checking vaccination passports at the door of every business? Um, that's probably what they're going to do. Now, what happens if you're, you have a son or a daughter and they're four years old and they happen to be tall? Uh, do you have to carry around their birth certificate? Again, this very same people that don't want voter ID. These are the same people. You know, the same I, people I that said, if you got vaccinated, you're protecting yourself. You know, look, when you look at the science, and this drives me crazy, now, every life to me is precious. Let me say that up front. But if you look at this entire pandemic, 162 children between the ages of 5 and 11 have died from COVID. It is about the exact same percentage of children that will die from the flu. Now, what it means is the science has shown us that kids are not susceptible to the, the, the horrific dangers of this virus the way older adults are the, w- the way people with comorbidities and pre-existing conditions are that's what the science says so now you ask yourself well if we're going to follow the science their mantra not okay then the science would say kids really aren't at risk for hospitalization or death then my the next question is then why are you going to eventually i believe this will happen mandate vaccinating five-year-olds if they're not being hospitalized and they're not dying, what is the purpose of that? Can you give me an answer? Because, I'm, again, I'm trying to follow the science. Uh, I don't think it's science, but it might be money. Who's paying for all these vaccinations, especially for people that don't have insurance? No, the government pays for it. Cost? Everybody gets vaccinated for free, but it's not free. We, the right. American people, so pay for it. making the money? Well, I mean, how much does Moderna vaccine cost or Pfizer vaccine cost? uh, To me, I I don't have a problem if if people come up with a product that people want and need and they make a profit. But, you know, we ultimately are paying for all of it. That's the bottom line. And and yet, you know, Joe Biden finally. Sean, you just said you, you brought up the fact that. It hasn't even been, what, how many months since the vaccine was released and we're already talking about needing to get booster shots? Well, and by the way, they're, they're already at maybe four boosters. They're talking about one booster, two bo- boosters, three boosters, four. Then they're even talking about uh, potentially getting a booster every year. That, that's also, again, none of this was told to anybody at the time. Anyway, I got to roll. John, God bless you, my friend. Uh, if we could ever help you, let us know. Uh, Karen is in the Commonwealth of Virginia. What a week you had in, in your state. How are you? John, I just wanted to end the week because we did a three-seat sweep. I am ecstatic. The last I have been so, oh, since that last election, I went to bed thinking Trump was winning, and I woke up, and they stole it from him. Or, no, they didn't. They changed the rules. And we took it. We did it in Virginia. Well, the people of Virginia spoke loudly and proudly, and the results are in, and it is a a full, complete rejection of Joe Biden, his presidency, the Democratic Party, their radical socialism, their new Green Dealism, their wokeism. It is a complete rejection of all of it. Now, yes, and 
I don't want to get too cocky and overconfident because one year from now we'll have results from the midterm elections. If Republicans keep working, but I'm going to have a fun weekend. I'm going to relax this weekend, but I'll start right. back on Monday. You, uh, what are you doing this weekend? That's fun. Come on, tell us. Oh, my, I am sending my husband and my eight-year-olds to a movie, so I will have the house to myself. <laughs> so that's the perfect weekend. Throw the husband and the oh, kids yeah. out of the house. Oh, man. Oh, man. That, that's because my heart was broken with Rush after some, so many years, and so I'm clinging to you to get me through all of this and get us, because I know he would be having a heyday with this win. Biden and all of this, so he's watching all of this, and I thank you and love it because y'all are doing a great job. Well, I appreciate your kind words. Uh, we all miss Rush. We can't replace Rush. I actually saw a tweet from David, his brother, and on how how he would have loved to share what happened on Tuesday with his brother. Um, Rush was unique and special. He's irreplaceable. And I said at the time, and I meant it, and I mean it now, is that we all have to up our game because we lost Babe Ruth. And, you know, that's a hole in the lineup you just can't fill. Uh, Karen, God bless you. Uh, You enjoy your weekend. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll get right back to your phone calls. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. to our phones uh jim in south carolina jim how are you got two questions um why is it that our republicans aren't doing anything when we were when we had trump in office the democrats were bringing um injunctions against trump on everything he did why you know i'd love to ask lindsey graham and any of our supposed uh republicans why they aren't doing anything and i'd love to get an answer from mark levin too to find out if uh, our our forefathers were geniuses. They must have put something in there to get these communist socialists out of there. And we need to Listen, Well, but you got to remember, there's an obligation of we the people. Um, I, I, I reminded people in Live Free or Die, you know, Benjamin Franklin, a republic, if you can keep it. In other words, at the Constitutional Convention, is, is it going to be a monarchy? Is it going to be a republic? A, a republic, if you can keep it. Or the words of Ronald Reagan, you know, freedom and, and liberty are just one generation away from extinction. And every generation has their battle and their fight and their obligation even to protect and preserve it. And this is now where we are. It's, it's for ourselves, yes, but more importantly for our kids and our grandkids. Liberty, freedom, capitalism, our Constitution work. We've got to make sure the next two elections will define this country for decades to come. It's that important. Quick break, right back. <laughs> 